What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by, I used to say co-host, but he's back. Mark Schofield is back on the show. Couldn't stay away long enough. Had to come back. He missed us so much. Mark, we've missed you the last couple of weeks. How you been? I've been good, buddy. I've missed you. I've missed everybody. Um, I told you, though, that I wasn't going far to be back right. before you knew it. So I am back. Uh, I'm excited to be here. And the Cowboys are 2-1. and one. I mean, for the way this season began, the Dallas Cowboys are 2-1. and one. I'll start it with this. I kicked the shit out of the Cowboys. This, this, I mean, like, I was like, maybe they'll win eight or nine games. Dak got hurt. I was like, they have no chance. And again, I think you preface it by saying we got, we did in two of in our two wins, we did get a pretty rough looking Bengals team that couldn't yeah. block me and you rushing the passer to start. Doesn't look like it. And a really bad, but two and oh Giants team. So that team was not good yesterday. So I think you can you can be excited and go, you know what? Hey, we were wrong about some of this stuff. And maybe we we were a little too hard on them this offseason. But you go, okay, let's see what happens when they, you know, play a team that's going to put up a better offensive showing than the Bengals and the, the Giants. So, I don't know. Talking out of both sides a little bit there, but. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Trent Dilfer said something, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, on on a radio show. It was basically just like, because he was talking about, he was on a Chicago show talking about Justin Fields. And he was basically like, first off, you never apologize for losing a game. Cowboys are two right. They've won two games. Like NFL games are tough to win. Like absolutely, you beat the defending AFC champions, and I, I think yes, the Cincinnati Bengals have some things that they need to figure out on the offensive side of the ball. As you mentioned, they're struggling to protect Joe Burrow right now, which is kind of a surprise given the fact that they spent the offseason initially in the free agency trying to rebuild that offensive line. They have a they're very predictable offense. If Burrow's under center, they got to run the ball. If he's in the shotgun, they're going to throw it. Now they tried to fix that a little bit. This those week. splits yes. are absolutely but insane. Those splits are insane. So, <laughs> you know, the Bengals have some issues to figure out. But like you said, look, Giants were 2-0. You know, they were undefeated. You had to go on the road on a Monday night, that kind of environment. And you've won these two games with your backup quarterback. And now you might get that back, your starting quarterback back a little bit sooner rather than later. And I assume, Connor, we are not going to entertain this idea that I have seen floating around portions of Twitter, not Cowboys Twitter, just general Twitter, that maybe Cooper Rush is the option the of guy. quarterback. He's even the guy, Mark. Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure we're not going to go down <laughs> that road. Um, so they're two and one. Now, you've got some better offenses coming up. I mean, yeah. Washington, you know, that game against Philadelphia might tell us more about Philadelphia than anything else. Washington, you know, went through four touchdowns against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that looks pretty good. Then you get the Rams. Then you get the Eagles. Right. Mine's a little bit frisky. And so, you know, I think we'll learn more. I always like to say by Halloween, you kind of know what you have. You know, you play the Bears on Halloween on October 30th. By then, you'll probably know what this team really is. Yeah, and I mean, I know – didn't get into it with people on Twitter, but like that was my own. And again, like I think what Cooper Rush has done the last two weeks has been great. Like yep. I'm not saying he's played great, but doing like executing his job has been yep. fantastic. You go out there, you don't lose the game for your team. You make a couple of really good throws. You're going to miss some. 
that's fine. You don't turn the ball over. You don't take sacks. You take what defenses give you. You make the right reads. You make the right decisions. And that's what he's done. It, it, my biggest issue is, and this is what pe- you know, people get offended and go, just be happy that they're winning. And, like, I am. But when you face the Rams, when you face the Eagles, when you face some of these offenses that aren't going to go three and out as much or aren't going to punt the ball on six consecutive snap, you know, drives, that's when you go can't because, because the other thing is, is, you know, the Cowboys offense hasn't really been good. They've had three good drives in three games. You know, that's kind of what we're looking at there. So it goes when you're playing a team and that's the bad thing with the giants. That was a bad thing with the Bengals is they couldn't block the Cowboys front. Like, it was sacks just ruined drives, pressures just ruined drives, penalties penalties ruined drives for them. And when you have an offense that can sustain that a little bit more, a Philadelphia offense that's got a pretty good offensive line, yeah. can run the ball a little bit, isn't going to let their quarterback get hit as much, that's when you go, okay, if they can sustain these drives and put up points, maybe not punt as much, will the Cooper Rush-led offense be able to not go four drives in a row without punting? And that's where I just – don't know yet because we haven't seen it yet. Right. And, you know, I think this week with Washington may play out similar to the past two weeks in the sense that Washington be a combination of Wentz and his, you know, (laughs) stubborn refusal not to move in the pocket initially, even though like I I wrote about it, some people push back, like he had the ninth fastest time to throw and it's like, yeah, but he was still slow. Like, right. They couldn't block. For Carson Wentz, Eagles were getting pressure on him. He's not going to move in the pocket. So I think you might see something similar play out. But that offense is a little bit better. The offense is a little bit more explosive. Right. And so, you know, the, I think the question facing Dallas right now is, if you got into a game where you had to score to win, could they do that? Right. You know, right now, the past two weeks, you were in games, Dallas was in games where you didn't have to score to win. Because your defense was giving you some three right. your defense was giving you some short fields, your defense was giving you some opportunities. Could this team win a shootout right now? It, that and, I don't think so. And let me interrupt you because I'm sure somebody's listening to this going, well, they did score, you know, they won the games by scoring on game winning drives. Or, and that's not what Mark's saying. He's saying if a team continues to put up points right. on consecutive drives, you wouldn't keep up with them. Is Dallas winning a track beat where right. it's touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Right. You got to score again. That's the question I have. You know, the defense is fantastic. Like this is a very good defense. Micah Parsons. That's know. where that's where we were wrong. I was wrong because I'm not going to say you totally agree with me, but I thought that you were going to see not a significant regression, but a definite regression in this defense. And I don't think we've. And, and again, yeah. you've played the Giants and you've played a bad Bengals offense so far. It could change, but and you've played a bad Tampa Bay offense because that Tampa Bay offense isn't very good either. But but. That could change when you face these teams, but that defense looks incredible again, and it's kind of crazy. I, to I see said them. it too this summer. I expected a defensive regression. I didn't right. think the defense was going to be what we saw last year. So far, we haven't seen that. That's certainly one thing I was wrong about. I think I was wrong about Tyler Smith. I, I, oh, I absolutely! I sent that tweet I, out yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think in three years Tyler Smith would be able to play tackle in the NFL. And three games in, in he looks like a solid yep. left tackle. <laughs> yep. I mean. You know, some of the blocks he made, some of the stuff he did in pass protection, some of the stuff he did in space last night, I was completely impressed by. Jason Peters, like, say what you want about a guy that's 40, to kick inside and to have some of the awareness he did. 
I think it was, what was it? The Pollard run Yep. where he had to make that quick snap adjustment on somebody that snapped inside to him and yep. just did it. I didn't think, I didn't know if he'd be able to do that at tackle right away, but to kick him inside to guard where it's a different vantage point and it's kind of new for him. And to have that play in early, very impressed by that. So I was wrong about that. Um, what else was I wrong about? I, God, I hate to do this after last night's game. I really do, even though the game as a whole, I got – I think I bought into the CeeDee Lamb hype just a little too much. Because up until the CeeDee Lamb drive last night, people wanted his head on a stake. <laughs> when he yeah. dropped <laughs> the play action. I mean, uh, look, it looked like he had dropped what could have been – I've seen some people say it's a walk-in touchdown. I don't know if it's a walk-in touchdown. But you're at least looking at first and goal at the 10. Like, right. And to then, drop then that, he dropped one like two passes later on a third down that probably wasn't going to get anything. But it's just like he's had a couple of drops already. He hasn't really done, you know, much after the catch. So people are going, Noah Brown's out here balling his ass off. And CeeDee Lamb, who's supposed to be the far and away wide receiver run, struggling a little bit. So – I, I, that was one of the things I was optimistic about going into. I was like, yeah. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be a top 10 receiver. And maybe he will be. It's three games. We're not- I had him in my top 11 or 12 or right. so when I wrote it this summer. Um, but, I mean, I'm not ready to sort of say that I, we got that wrong. Right. I mean, I think, you know, the drops, a little concerning. I also think it's important to remember that, like, he's kind of the option right now. Yeah. Like I, I think that, and I don't. I hate getting into you know playing like you know armchair psychologist here, but like is he putting too much pressure on himself? Is it a situation where he's like feels like he's got to make every play? You know, I don't know. Um, but thankfully, look, he came back and had the CD Lamb drive. Yeah, right. Like Jeez. if he doesn't, if they found a different way to win, if it was a Noah Brown drive at the end of that game too, it's a different conversation, I think. But the fact that they kept going back to him, they kept feeding the ball caught the touchdown. Like, I think that's huge. So I'm not ready to just say we got that part wrong. I saw last night, and I kind of wanted to bring this up. You're going to do a long discussion about the timeouts prior to halftime. I hated it. You hated it. See, I – and I, I, you're entirely right. You know, we talk process and results. I kind of understood it. Like, I was kind of on board with them. So we're talking about the timeout before halftime. It was fourth and two. Giant, yeah. Giants had the ball fourth and two right around midfield-ish. Um, there's two seconds left when Dallas called timeout. Um, so my whole thing with that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about it, but my whole thing with that is it was a six to three game there, right? So you caught – they were going to run the clock out or they were going to take it down to two seconds, call timeout, and try Hail Mary, which – you know, we, we see the results of what a Hail Mary, you know, it's very, very low percentage play that works. Right. So they were pretty much content on taking it into halftime six to three, getting the ball back after half. My biggest thing with it is say they do get seven yards there, which the route was open. Daniel Jones kind of threw it behind the receiver at the time. Right. Say, and they had timeouts. That was the other thing. So they, they could throw a slant, get 10 yards on a slant, bang a timeout and kick a, 57 yard field goal, whatever it is. And Graham Gano has been a really good kicker, bangs him through pretty easily. He got one block last night. But my whole thing is, is 
I mean, getting 10 yards on a slant isn't something that they couldn't have done. Right. So I just didn't think the reward of getting the ball at midfield with two seconds and, you know, kicking a, you know, you got one play, calling a timeout, then kicking a super long field goal is worth the chance of them getting it, tying the game, getting the ball out of halftime and going up. Yeah. I mean, they, say, say you do make that field goal. Say you do make the Brett Maher field goal. It's nine to three. Yeah. Lions get the ball. If they go down I mean, the field and score a touchdown, it's 10 to nine. Score game. I mean, yeah. I mean, the interesting part to this and where I'm kind of split on it is the fact that, look, New York's getting the ball to start the second half. So, are you is the risk of giving them a potential double dip outweighed by the opportunity to steal possession to sort of break that up? And I can't kind of came down on the second side of that. Like they were mis New York was mismanaging the clock. I think that was part of it too. McCarthy, say whatever you want about it from a game management standpoint, but he saw, you know, you got Peyton screaming for them to take a timeout the first time. They don't do it. They're letting the clock wind down. Finally, Dallas takes the timeout, the, the one before that. Then they do it again here. It kind of made me feel like they almost forced their hand in a sense, got them to like run a play, stole that possession, gave them a shot at points. Yeah, I mean, it's three points. But at the time, maybe that three points could have been big. So I I wasn't as against it as you were. It's kind of like one of those like 60-40 things where like, yeah, okay, I'm kind of glad that they did it. Had they played it out a different way and just sort of, you know, not taking the time out to gone to halftime, I would have been okay with that too. But I could kind of see the thought process of stealing that extra possession. My only thing, too, is – and people are going to just get mad that I'm being negative. Mike McCarthy isn't smart enough to think that way. Yeah, I mean like, – if, 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 he, if he went – like, if you asked him that question after halftime, like, you had him going into the tunnel and you're like, Coach, why would you use a timeout there? He wouldn't have given that answer you just gave. Like, he would have been like, well – we were hoping, you know, that we'd be able to block. Like, he probably thought they were going to line up for a punt and they'd go for a punt block. Yeah. Like, that thats what that would have been, like, the answer he would have given. It was like, we were hoping they'd line up to punt after the timeout. We'd be able to get, go in an all-in punt, you know, punt team. And I'd be like, that makes no sense. You know, then you then you risk running into the – whatever. But – Right. It, because, again, like, that was my conversation I was having with a couple guys. Is they were like, oh, I like the aggressiveness there. And while I guess you can say that is an aggressive move, there was a the the chart didn't agree with me as much, but there was a fourth and one late in that game where they kicked another long field goal and Brett Maher made it. But I was like, if you're gonna be this aggressive minded coach, why aren't you going in fourth and one to absolutely end the game? Right. Like yeah. they, they were they were up seven, I think, at the time, and they kicked yeah. the field goal to make it ten. And I was just like, I mean, again, it's fourth and one. There's five minutes left. You get the first down here, the game's over. Right. So I don't know. I just, I, I'm not saying I can, like, I disagreed with using the timeout, but I think I disagree more with thinking the people who were saying he used the timeout because he wanted to be aggressive. Like, sometimes I think McCarthy just panics and calls timeout. Yeah, he's, like, got to, he's got to do something, right? right? It's like, look, I got three of them. Now I got two of them. I'll right. just take one anyway, and we, we can collect our breath here and figure and then, out. What and we're like you said, like, grading the progress, you know, process and counting what possessions, like, I had more time to think about it than McCarthy did and what just, man, like if you let them, if you let them get eight yards and kick a field goal and it goes in here. And again, that's great in the results a little bit, but if this does happen and it didn't, so hindsight's 2020, but right. if it did, 
and they come out after half and score a touchdown, you just gave them a 10-point swing in points yeah. when, when you could have just left it at where it was and you're up by three. Worst case scenario, worst case scenario is you're up by three heading into halftime. Worst case scenario, they're up by 10 after their first drive out of halftime. And I think that's where I was – or seven, excuse me. That's where I was just like, I don't know that I – I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I see that. I, I all, Like I said, like I was kind of like split on it. I mean, I was kind of leaning more towards, but you know, taking the time out to try to steal that possession. But I think, look, best case scenario, you're up 9-3. Worst case scenario, it's a tie game and they get the ball and you could be down, like you said, seven. Right. I mean, kind of looking at it that way, like if those are the two like extreme outcomes, I, yeah, I think it, it, you take the lead you've got. And I guess my my last point was it was like super windy, like it wasn't ideal. If you're in a dome, sure, I'll give you I'll give you a chance of making a 62, 60 yarder. But wind was blowing around, circling, whirling like crazy, and it just I felt like it was a low it was a low reward for too much of a high risk, given that they could have doubled up on points. But nothing ended up happening. But nothing ended up happening. I just good football discussion. I was scrolling through the timeline and I saw you. You know, and it, it, let's just say a lively discussion. <laughs> uh, so I was like, I get you know, I knew we were gonna have this pause. Were you, were you so I was listening like, to the Manning cast last night? What's that? Were you listening to Manning cast? I had it on. Yeah. What did they say? They liked the timeout. Well, they were. They just kept at it from the Giants' perspective because the first when Dallas took their first that first timeout, and after like twenty seconds or twelve seconds or so, around the clock, Pate was screaming for New York to take a timeout. Right. You know, because he's like, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and I then, agree I agree with that because it gives you a chance to do a Hail Mary with two seconds. Absolutely. Left. Right. Well, I mean, he was saying they should have used their timeouts before because what was it? There, there was a sack or something like right. that. They had run the all go. So he was like, take a timeout now. Get everybody regrouped. Like, your receivers just ran sprints. Like, get reset. What are you doing? And the clock's running. He's like losing his mind. McAfee's losing his mind. <laughs> called it ridiculous. And then they were like, oh, somebody called the timeout. And that's when Payne was like, don't call it now. Like you just let <laughs> 15 seconds go. And they're like, oh, well, oh, Dallas did it. Okay. I guess, you know, that makes sense. Um, but it, they didn't dive into like the wise and wise not Dallas right. did. They were just losing their minds over the Giants because again, and you know, probably giving McCarthy too much credit there, but it seemed like they didn't know what they were doing at the end right. of it. You know. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I just have bad memories of the San Francisco 49ers game where they faked the punt, got it, and then lined up on first down with the punt team still on the field. Oh, right. Yeah. And going... Are they smart enough to really know what's going on? I don't know, because they were going to run a play with the punt team still on the field. <laughs> in a playoff yeah, game. I mean, you're probably right. Like <laughs> they, they were probably trying to force them to punt it. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Dak again, come like, back this week. What was that? Does Dak come back this week? No. Good. I think, I think so. I don't think he's back next week either. I think he's coming back Philly. That makes yeah. the most sense to me. Yeah. I think it's Washington. What is it? Washington Rams. Washington and LA. Yeah. Yeah. I think they give him two more weeks. That makes it, I think that would make him miss four weeks. They've labeled it a four to six week injury. Yep. That just, it makes too much sense. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm over like, again, they told us Michael Gallup was possibly going to play in game two, you know, definitely going to play in game three. Didn't play in either. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, And the other thing is, and I remember talking about this when Jerry said, you know, I'd love to have a quarterback competition, um, you know, like he did two weeks ago. Um, And obviously that got a lot of attention. I remember telling people, look, he's right in a sense. Like if Cooper plays well enough that it's just a conversation, that means that he's done his job. And that's what he's done through two weeks. He's, he's given you as an organization, the opportunity to be patient with Dak. Like, and that's what he's over three. Right. Probably rushing him back on the field this week. And then you have sort of what we saw from Seattle last year, which is they rushed Russell Wilson back and he couldn't throw right away. Right. The fact that you've won these two games with Rush not making, you know, big mistakes and things like that, it gives you this buffer. Right. To take your time with Dak. And oh, by the way, look around the NFC. Nobody's good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Philadelphia does look legit. Yeah. Other than that, like what what other NFC team are you buying right now? I mean, you're buying into Tampa Bay's defense, but that offense looks worse than the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> Straight um, up. Like, I don't think you can argue that their offense is any better. I mean, they no, got, they're terrible. I mean, again, they're they're banged up right now, but. They're banged up, they're injured. Yeah, but they don't look great at all. And you look at. The West, I don't buy any of the teams in the West right now. Right. Like, Garoppolo is Garoppolo. Like, he is what it is. The Niners, while they're talented, they're going to go as far as little as he can take them. Rams look to have issues. Arizona looks to have serious issues right now. I don't buy them at all. I mean, Minnesota? Like, so that's the other thing. Like, you can be patient with Dak right now you don't have to rush him back if you split these next two games and you're at three and two going into that Philly game and you bring Dak back you're probably still going to be in pretty good playoff position on conference wise right so 
Yeah, no, I mean, just to touch on it, because we didn't get to touch on it at all last week, but, like, the Jerry comments, if he would have said what you said, I think people would have been, like, perfect. Like, hey, we hope the guy goes out there, plays good enough, that we can let Dak take an extra week or two if we need it. But, see, it's Jerry, right? Jerry. It's like, Jerry. Hey, it's Jerry like, like you said, it's that. Jerry, and it's Mike McCarthy. Yeah. None of it ever makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and if Jerry goes out there and says what I said, it's like, okay, and, and nobody pays attention to it. Right. If Jared goes out there and says, I hope we have a quarterback controversy, you know, and just kind of leaves it there. Yeah. People are going to talk that, about it. That's people's issue. And, like, I get we're probably – we do what he wants us to do so much. People yeah. are just so sick of his shit, man. Like, they're so tired of it. So, I mean, again, like, when he says stuff like that, there's people who are like, hell yeah, Cooper Rush is better anyways. And then there's people who are like – Shut the hell up, man. Like, Lord have mercy. Can you just go back into your little office and take a nap? Like, go to sleep. <laughs> but, I mean, we're just tired. I, I tweeted that. I tweeted that out after the Tyron Smith injury. I was just like, we're just tired, man. We're yeah. tired of all the BS. <laughs> he's, a, he's a showman in his heart, man. Like, and now what? He's going to get the World Cup final? I mean, that 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 was another thing I was wrong about is we talked about it a lot, but we we're like, oh, this team's a you know an injury two away from just being the worst team in the league, and I'm sure they've I think they have the worst the most wins above replacement on injured reserve right now with Dak yeah. Tyron Dalton Schultz. You know he's not on injured reserve, but missed games. James no, they survived it better than I thought they would. Like. I mean, I remember, you know, we talked about it a little bit offline and on Twitter, like after the DAC injury, it was like, all right, well, here it is. This is what we talked about. Yep. Like, teams, it's 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 over. Um, but no, they stayed afloat so far. Connor McGovern gets hurt. Who's that? I said Connor McGovern gets hurt in yeah. week one. You know, you got Matt Farniok starting at left guard. You got. Terrence Steele's look better the last two weeks. It's just been you got Dalton. Dalton Schultz on the sideline with Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson as your two tight ends. It's, yeah. I mean, again, I kicked the shit out of them this this off season, and I think they deserved a lot of the kicking. But yeah. they've they've responded in a good enough way to get that some of the fan base off their back. I think. Yeah. No, and again, they, this could all change drastically in the next three weeks when they play Washington. The Rams, they go 0-3 in the next three weeks because they can't move the ball. They struggle. These offenses move the ball a little bit better. People are going to go right back to it. Absolutely. But it's all about buying time in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, like I said, October 30th, that Bears game, that's when you're going to really know what this team's all about. I think so, too. But, hey, the sky is not completely falling. It's not. After week one, the sky was – it had fallen. Yeah. It was down. It was at our feet. <laughs> but – They've 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 turned it around over these past two weeks. And I mean, if you look around the NFL, there are probably fan bases that would like to be where Dallas is, is right now. Absolutely. I mean, I may be a member of one such fan base because things the sky certainly seems to have fallen in New England. Um, Chicago is another one. I mean, there are some fan bases where the panic is setting in. Dallas is not in that position right now. They have bought themselves that time to figure it out. Now they've got to take advantage of it. Yeah, I'm going to give him a praise and then I'm going to kill him again. Okay. But Mike McCarthy's done 
I mean, again, people will always bring up the Dak here, but Jason Garrett couldn't win a game with a backup quarterback for a long – the Brandon Whedons, the Matt Castles, the Kellen Moores. Like, it was not fun for a three-, four-year span. You know, the, the Dak year comes around and they go 13-3. and three. You know, I know we're it's tough to even call Dak Prescott a backup quarterback because right. of what he's done since. But whatever, if you want to give him credit for that. But these, like, spot start situations where Brandon Whedon had to play four games and Matt Castle had to play three, Kellen Moore had to play five, like, those were never good time frames for the, the Cowboys. They were losing a lot of games. It was just terrible, terrible football. And, you know, they were able to beat two teams, one that I don't think anybody had them winning – against the Bengals, even though the Bengals haven't looked great. It was still the Bengals. You were the Cowboys with a backup quarterback. They were getting, you know, going to get the nod. And um, I give him credit. I mean, he's – I don't know how much it's Mike McCarthy. (laughs) How much it's it's Cooper Rush. Yeah, how much it's Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Dan Quinn. I think that's where you point to first. But they're getting it done. It's not pretty, but that's something that we haven't seen done from this team in a long time. So, Okay, so you said you were going to praise him, then you were going to kill him. Man, is it nice to see a guy like Mike, Madan- Mike McDaniel, some of these just good head coaches get hired and the difference yeah. they can make very quickly. Very quickly. I mean, I yeah, mean, obviously Mike- Miami added a ton. Right. That team looks a lot different offensively, like a lot different. And yep. who is really confident? Like, I think the biggest difference is like last year was so much in the RPO game, but like on non RPO plays, he had like a negative EPA per throw. And this year, it's just both RPO and non RPO throws, both of numbers of jumps dramatically. That team is like confident. Like, yeah, I mean, it was a complete culture change overnight. And I just, I mean, I think it goes both ways because you look at teams like Denver. I mean, that is Denver the worst team, worst, not saying they're the worst team in the league, but when you look at how their team set up and how they made an all in move at quarterback to go potentially win a Super Bowl, is that the I worst? I feel pretty comfortable. Okay. Here are your two and one teams Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Denver, Kansas City, Rams, Bucks, Vikings, Packers, Cowboys, Giants. Broncos and Giants are the two worst two and one teams, right? And I mean, again, like I know we I'd throw the Cowboys in there for now just because Yeah, I'd say that the Giants Cowboys and Browns, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, Hackett, when you have your home crowd counting down the play call because they're like, you're gonna get another delay game penalty. That's not a good situation. It's rough up there. Dude, it's – I mean, I guess you could lump the Cowboys into this, and I'm by no means criticizing him. But a lot of these teams that just paid these guys a ton of money, Arizona, (laughs) Denver. Yeah. They're going, what did we just do? (laughs) What did we sink ourselves to for the next – And I I mean, I've been – I'm not going to pretend like I've sat down and watched every snap, but, like, I've been a – is Russ Wash, like – guy for like two and a half years now. <laughs> so well, he doesn't throw it. He doesn't attack the middle of the field. Right. Like, when you as a defense can just say, Hey, forget between the numbers between the hash. Like he's not going to throw there. 
you're pretty good. Like you only have to defend a third of the field. Okay. That's a, that is a, that, that, what was it? Monday night, Sunday night, Sunday night game. Yeah. With the Niners. I was like, this is. That's set football back 20 years. Yeah. Right? Uh, just I, I stopped. I think I watched the first like 14 minutes and then I was like, yep. <laughs> the only winner in that game was Dan Orlovsky. Dude, that was hilarious. Which, I mean, credit to him because he's leaned into it for a while. Like, and he completely leaned into it on Twitter that night. Like, first the initial tweet, then the stepbrothers Photoshop. Like, kind of made me laugh. <laughs> I wish that he didn't work for the network he works for because I think he would be a very good at his job if he didn't have to. Yeah. Have to be a little edgy and be a little hot takey at times. Yeah. I think that's right. Because, I mean, remember when he started just on Twitter and it was like, yeah, it's great. Awesome. Like, he's so good at this. And then he goes to ESPN and you kind of got to do what you got to do on the four letter network. But that's why we're, that's why we're David Hellman stands on this podcast. He, he filled in, he filled in with us last week. He's on speak with like LaShawn McCoy and, Emmanuel Acho and Joy Taylor and all those. And I mean, I don't know if you know who David Hellman is, but he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he just goes on that show and he's just like, you guys are crazy. Like, this is all wrong. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, Cooper Rush is not better than Dak Prescott. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> right. And people are like, this guy is nothing like everybody else on these shows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw the, the McCoy tweets about, you know, he's had a couple of tweets, but yeah, I mean, we're not going down that road. The, the the former football player taking over as media guys is has been been a rough one to watch here recently. Yeah, but I, hey, you know, there's room for us all, buddy. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Spread I told you out. I'd be back sooner than you know it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we we'll have you back for hope. Hopefully, we have you back for good sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, I'll be back once we figure out what this team is around Halloween. That's right. That that Chicago game, I'm going to circle yeah. it. Figure circle out that a, one. Figure out who Chicago's going to draft as their quarterback next year in the draft. Oh dear God, it looks bad, my friend. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> to close it, I was wrong on that one. I was a big Justin Fields fan coming out of college. That was my QB two man, and I am sweating that one. And. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't look good. We'll do it again. Sounds good, buddy. Halloween. Mark Schofield, everybody. Thanks, man. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking about another Cowboys victory. See you then.